You're listening to Personal Rejection Letter, a podcast by writers with day jobs. Hello, I'm Kelly Daniels. Hi, Kelly. I'm Dan Lipman. Hello, Dan. It's nice to meet you. It's, yeah, I know you, Dan, actually. Do you, are you one of those people that forget people after they've, you've met them a bunch of times and you reintroduce yourself and they look at you funny? I'm one of those people who forgets your name if you're not that important to me. Well, aren't we all? I like when people say, I'm sorry, I, I just don't remember. who I can't remember your name. Uh, I'm really bad with names. And, and I bad with faces and bad with uh, just caring about other human beings that can't benefit right. me immediately. I'm pretty sure you're pretty good with names and faces of people like that you want to have sex with and people that you're, you know, that are important to you. Yeah. And there's other important things besides sex, Dan. Did you know that? I did not. There's people that can give you money in one way or another. For sex? Even for not sex. Um, There's people who can advance your career. There's people that compliment you all the time and make you just feel better about yourself. There's lots of kinds of important people. I'm pretty sure there's nobody out there who can advance my career. That's uh, that's what you, that's how you got me doing this podcast, and here I am. I still can't sell my novel. We haven't advanced your career quickly enough. That's sad. I'd like to, I'd like to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> Kelly, do you know that every happy greeting you and I have with each other at the beginning of these podcasts is a lie? No, it is not a lie on my part. I'm very well, happy. That's an interesting argument you're making of my aphorism, but I want to do this podcast solely in aphorisms. Do you ever think in aphorisms? Mm, No, (laughs) I was trying to figure out a way to say that no in an, in an aphorism way, but uh, whoa, I just kicked my mic. Is that an aphorism? I just kicked my mic. No. Every time a podcaster kicks his microphone, it's a lie. Oh, so you just put it's a lie on the end of a statement. And that's, an, that's what an aphorism is? And you've got a best-selling book. But Kelly, before we get into talking about uh, ways in which you can uh, appear to be trying hard but not try hard, a way to omit the details, it's time for our revision segment where we talk about the things we're sorry about, the things we can't forget, the things that we've like, you know, that have been gnawing at us for weeks and weeks and weeks sometimes, and it's time to revise those. What's your, what do you have on the docket today, Kelly? Well, I'm not exactly sorry. I just think it's an inevitable part of the process that there are some revisions to be made, and, you know, it's not that big a deal. But yes, I do have a revision, and let's see, which one did I choose? Um, well, last episode, some of you may have caught it. This has already been revised, but it wasn't probably revised for everybody, and I thought there was a miscommunication, and I thought that this was the uh, that our latest posted episode was on usefulness, and it was about art and art funding. And I set it all up and got a cool picture for it, and put wrote some text, and then published it. And then I two hours after publishing, I listened to it, and it was actually the Bob Dylan one. And so then I went and I changed the image and I rewrote the text about two or three hours later. And so there was about 30 or something people, there was already some downloads. And so some of you folks may have been confused and said, boy, those guys do not have it together. And the rest of you don't know what I'm talking about because I fixed it before you downloaded. But 
that's just a long way of saying I do realize that we screwed up a little, and I'm sorry for those of you who were confused and upset. Um, but the problem was fixed, and uh, that's my revision. Wish it hadn't happened, but it did. There it is. It's a good one, and it's a nice behind-the-scenes look. And uh, I, it's so it's you. You write those introductions, and you put the picture weeks before it goes on air. Is that how it works? Sometimes weeks, sometimes not weeks. Yeah, at least a week. Yeah, that's what so I do. It's kind of a technical issue. I guess I'll make my revision as sort of something I was wrong about. Since you're, you know, Kelly's the uh, how do you, what do you describe like the technology guy of the podcast. <laughs> right. I don't think so, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I figured out how to get the podcast hosted and put it on websites, and yeah, I guess I did that side of it, and yeah. I and I put pictures on it and stuff, which is you know, it's like updating Facebook. That's about the level of technology that I'm dealing with, but you know, it is what it is, and I do that. So yes, it still seemed too complicated to me. So I I've sort of become the come social media guy. And, and, uh, so since you're talking about your end of it, I, I made a mistake in thinking that when we did the Michael Sheboon episode that he would hear about it and he would love, he would love it. And we would Twitter to him and Instagram to him, but it didn't quite work out that way. We got no response. And you wish that that was not the case. How would you revise it? Well, to, to force we... him to, or just to not bother tweeting at him because it was a wasted tweet. Yeah, I think I would I would spend less time trying to sell you on the idea that this that he would notice us if we did this. You know, we mentioned the sugars in one episode and they contacted us or their people contact whatever they tweeted at us. They and probably have like a 14 year old social media person like, you know, who I mean, and I cool being young um, better than being <laughs> old. But I'm so I'm not making fun of anybody. But I I don't think that it was actually the two principals. Oh, no. Checking sure. out our. Our Twitter yeah, yeah, feed and sure. so for sure I'm but see I have an inner child that does all the tweeting and stuff like that and so is my inner my inner 14 year old who does the social media stuff anyway that's it I I apologize to uh everybody that I was sure who who I sure that uh Mr and I'm even gonna say it right this time enough joking around about it enough shape Mr Shabon was gonna contact us yeah but he well if you didn't make fun of his name so much he might have but yeah, now it's too late He's not going to hear you doing it right for once. So you should revise that. That was bad. I feel like I'm not making fun of his name. I'm making fun of the fact that he gives a shit how people pronounce his name. Do you care about that stuff? Well, Daniels is pretty easy, but I get Libman, Lieberman, Lipman, and stuff like that. I get my students sending me papers with my name totally misspelled, L-I-P-M-A-N. Molly thought my name was spelled with a T for, for months while we were dating. I think we were engaged before she found out my name. I don't care. Who cares? I never correct that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't get that problem much, but I do sometimes get um, contacted with Miss Kelly Daniels. It's not even Ms. Like, I've got a Miss Kelly Daniels recently, and it like junk mail and stuff and emails. And and I think um, I get it that my name is more commonly a woman's name, but uh, I actually taught business writing for a while in my long career of just trying to make ends meet teaching. And the business writing textbook said that you should always, you should never assume a salutation or whatever, not salutation, but a, a, what is it called? Like Mr. Or Mrs. No, Mr. Or Mrs. It's called um, title. Oh. You should just use the person's first name and last unless they have addressed themselves as Mr. or Mr. Mr. Or Ms. to you. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's the mean cheese. You don't know. You don't know how they want to be addressed. And it could be a doctor who doesn't like being called 
Miss or Ms. And anyway, so and, that kind of bugged me just because it was bad practice. And um, so there it is. And okay. kind of offensive. When I'm writing to editors, I always do that too because you're not even sure. Sometimes it's a name like like a uh, from another culture, and you don't know if that's a standard male or female name. So yeah, it's just smart to do that. Yeah. But I yeah. do like the fact that you weren't offended by the fact that they thought you were a woman. It's just that they thought you were an older, unmarried woman that bothered yes. you. Yes. And I don't know if they thought I was older, but yeah, <laughs> I think Miss is such a such a goofy way to like just try to get somebody's attention. Like, hi, Miss. Like you have no idea. Like, okay. Right. Anyway, done. Done with my talk about that. Hey, but what, what is a lie again? Uh, a greeting that you don't know their name is a lie. Kelly, here's, it's, it's not so much lies. Here's what I want to talk about today. Okay. First of all, hats off to young David Shields and young Sarah Manguso for being able to sell their books that are called manifestos or called arguments in, in Miss Man, Mrs. Mrs. Manguso's, uh, is it anyway, in her case, the 300 arguments. And, um, have you, have you, have you been hearing about the, um, the hype around this book? We should talk about that one more cause it's the newer one. Uh, no, just when you told me, you said shields and Manguso, Manguso, Manguso. I don't know. Shields and Manguso publishing phenoms. That was your text to me that said that. And I'm like, what he's like being mysterious. So I Googled the shields and I thought, yeah, okay. Um, David shields. I get it. I've read him. And then it turns out I actually have read Sarah Manguso. So I guess that means she is pretty big when I've read her and I have, didn't even know that I'd read her. That, yeah. that sort of means you're kind of big when just random yeah. people have read you, even though they didn't even try to read you. And it, the one I read was about a diary. You know that one? No, I, hope- I don't. It's called the, it's on beingness or something like that. Okay. And uh, the end of a diary or the death of a diary, maybe. I, if I'm getting the totally wrong person, which I may be, then this will be a good revision segment next week. But um, if it is her, it was just, I wanted to know about the lyrical essay. that I was like Googling lyrical essay, who does that? And she came up. And so I bought one of her books and read it. and. Um, Anyway, I can tell you what yeah. I can tell you what I thought of it if you want that kind of thing, if you want to go in that direction. If you can do it briefly. I don't know if I could do it that brief. Well, I guess it was kind of bullshitty to me. Um, you know. That, I mean, that's pretty brief and it works and it and it It was somebody in- who's writing a memoir but doesn't have anything interesting going on in their life. So the whole thing was I used to have a diary and then I stopped writing in my diary. And then there was okay. all this kind of like emotional turmoil surrounding that movement from having a diary to not. And then the anxiety of trying to record everything in a diary and getting freaked out because you missed it, missed something. And it was, just, and it was really, really short and it was written in like little bits. So uh-huh. that really condensed, it was maybe 10,000 words, but yet somehow made it look like it was a full book. And um, I thought, this is a good good scam you know if you can if you can get this like a full-on book and get a full book deal and get it out there and it's really a long essay and uh, so I was like yeah man that's that's a good good move I guess but I I didn't like it I didn't think it was it didn't do much for me I was like yeah whatever so there's me 
so this, this is, it seems like maybe she kind of picked up on the lesson of that. And she's now written this 300 arguments book. And again, I have not read the entire book, but I've gone to Amazon and I've, and I've clicked on the surprise me and I've probably read <clears throat> just from clicking around. I would guess that I've read a quarter of it. <laughs> they're little, they're little aphorisms. Sometimes they're a paragraph. Sometimes like, I'm just looking at randomly. I just hit surprise me on Amazon and here's what came up. This is page, um, page six. Inner beauty can fade too. Inner beauty can fade too. Fade, comma, too. That's it. Oh, yeah. Did so you know true. that? So true. Uh, yeah, I guess I'd know that in a way. And um, But nobody said it to me before or wrote it, so maybe it gave me some new way of thinking about inner beauty. But mostly I think that's just bullshit. I'll use that word again. Biographies should also contain the events that failed to foreshadow. Zing! I mean, that's like a stand-up comedy joke. It's not a bad joke, but it, I but it's. I didn't understand it. I have to read it through in my head again. Maybe if I saw it on the page, I'd get it. Biographies need to what? Should also contain the events that failed to foreshadow. Oh yeah, yeah, but they shouldn't, right? Because biographies are not just like everything in life. It's a carefully selected collection of things that seem to add up to what's going to happen. And so she's saying that a biography should be more of just a recording of one's life or random bits of a life that add up. And I think I get, that's kind of a radical statement. Um, and yeah. it seems well, to go now, against the idea of art in a way, or the art of collecting with stuff. The book. Now yes, you're I engaging. And she calls this book, is called, of course, 300 Arguments. It's mm -hmm. not 300 fortune cookie sayings or 300 aphorisms. So you've, you've, you're now, you're arguing with her. So you've, you've fallen in the delightful, admit it, the delightful trap. Well, but I didn't buy the book. And isn't that kind of important? <laughs> well, no, and I'll tell you why. Guess who paid for it? Um, Target. Well, Target Corporation. Target Corporation, Wells Fargo, Clean Water and Land Legacy, and the Minnesota Arts something. It's too small. I'm not wearing my glasses. But uh, yeah, there's there's an entire page of people who have paid for this book. It is now a bestseller, so it'll make its money back. But I, I don't know if Target gets any of that money. But uh, correct. Yes, this was uh, supported by Minnesota Minnesotans. Yeah. And corporations and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. I, every time I open a Grey Wolf book, I see all those corporate sponsorships, and it's like, I mean, it's like I had to put my coffee down, get away from the mic. Um, it, it's like a NASCAR sort of thing. Like, you know, it's got here's all our sponsors like, stamped on our first page, and and it's weird that that is sort of high art, and then the books that don't have those sponsorships are low art. It seems the it should be the opposite. Like the more corporate sponsorships you have stamped on your page, the kind of more pop you are and more commercial. Right. But it, that isn't in fact how it works. So I don't know. It's a weird world we live in. Hey Kelly. Yo. Speaking of art, the smallest and shortest pieces of art strive for perfection. The largest and longest strive for greatness. Yeah, that's true. I've actually, you know. I've actually uh, thought that very thought, that very aphorism. So there you go. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Hey, I wrote a couple of aphorisms because you asked me to. Okay, good. Let's, but can you, can, I'm going to ask you to hold that for okay. one minute because okay. I want to bring one more element into this. I know you read Reality Hunger by David Shields. You've yeah. referenced yeah. it a number of times. And I think that he sort of falls into that trap too, 
a little bit where there's sort of an easiness to what he's doing. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but one of the one of the Sarah Manguso arguments is that uh, uh, facts aren't necessarily interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's sort of like excusing her as to why she's not sitting down and expanding on these ideas. You know, they, she can get them out in two sentences mostly. And he does that, too. On page uh, on page 60 of his book, here's here's one argument. Number 179. You know how he's got each paragraph numbered. Memory loves to go hunting in the dark. Okay. Pretty good, huh? And then also on the same page, facts, not no facts, only art. Mm-hmm. That's sort of even a fragment. Yeah. Well, so the idea here is that here's here's what I think is going on, and you tell me what you think about this. We talked in another episode about vocal fry and about how that's sort of a way of kind of distancing yourself from your subject and talking about something, but also at the same time, remaining aloof from it, putting yourself above it. And I think that that's what's going on in some of these books. Like they have these ideas, but they don't actually want to engage in the ideas because it's not cool to argue something seriously or to like expand on an idea. It's a little bit more cool to just sit back and um, say, for example, I'll just find a random one that's short. Assume that the most annoying person you know, the one who won't leave you alone, is in love with you. That's yeah. page thirty-two, and that's him or her. That's her. Okay. I can ra- I can find a random one of his too. And just okay. Here's number two fifty-five. Facts have gravitas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get what we're doing here, and what that we both think that these books are not. We're not buying it, and. Um, well, I did buy David's book. <laughs> yeah. Um, reality hunger. You're, you're talking about yeah. a different book, right? No, I bought reality hunger. That's reality hunger. Somehow I remember him, um, organizing it through letters of the alphabet. Is that part of it? And then it goes to numbers. Yes, correct. So each, 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 uh, each chapter is a letter in the alphabet. And then within the chapter, each paragraph is numbered. Yeah. It's random. And uh, that's his point. Uh, I don't, I liked reality hunger a little. I like the uh, initial, essay and there was some stuff about sampling how that was going to become the new thing which strikes me as completely wrong and um a a lot of his predictions were just really really wrong but um but i i did think the basic thing uh, for me he seems to predict carl uve knausgaard pretty well that this is what we want and and that phenomenon of a guy just saying hey here's what it's really like um, without filtering it that much and without doing the art dance. Um, although the irony, I suppose, is that he, that David Shields is doing the ultimate art dance. It's, it reads pretentious as hell, you know, like, and also what I think it is, is that he has an article length idea and he's figured out ways to turn them into books. So he can just keep adding to his CV and keep getting royalty checks. And, and I think that, uh, our other author we're talking about has done the same thing is figured out how to take small ideas and small word counts, quite frankly, and turn them into books. And, you know, um, self-help people have been doing that for years. They, they have bullet points, they have really large text and you can just have a PowerPoint presentation can turn into a book. And so it's not like some new, new idea. It's just that, um, they're doing it in the guise of art, capital a art, which strikes us as new, and, um, you know, this podcaster doesn't buy it. 
And I, I'm sure they don't care, you know, because they're well, laughing all the way to the bank. You know, and I would like to give an – do you know Say Shinogun at all? I might be mispronouncing her name. She wrote the pillow book like in the 11th century. Oh, yeah. I mean it's not even – she didn't even write it. She just stitched stuff into linens and it kind of survived. And that's basically like a book of lists and a book of ideas and there's some aphoristic qualities to it. I love and, that actually. I mean I've only read little bits of it here and there, but oh, yeah. totally funny. Yeah, she's got one list of things that she hates that are that it, 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 it feel, reads really contemporary and it's called Hateful Things. You should Google it. Listen no, I've read it. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it isn't even a new form, you know, what they're doing, but I think that the twist on it that, um, and my experience of reading David Shields, by the way, was that when I started reading it, I felt almost exhilarated by the argument. I really loved it yeah. for about the first 40 or 50 pages. But then when I got to, you know, Z X, Y, and Z, I was tired of it. And I didn't even, uh, I didn't, I thought he was wrong at that point. I went from being really thrilled with it to disagreeing with it. Yeah, he put at one point so much of that book is filler. That's it's just so obviously filler. Um, he put all his like emails to his yeah. writer friends' exactly. responses to their work. I'm just like, dude, you're just like rummaging through your computer to find shit to put in here to make it longer. And this is so completely pointless. And his memoir stuff that he put in the the section he called it um, DS, you know, David Shields about his girlfriend and stuff. And it, it was, I thought it was shit, man. I really thought that it was not interesting. His life was, and he came across as a complete asshole. And I'll even use the word douchebag because, and I hate that word, but he seemed to be like, that was him, a cad, you know, talking about the way he talked about his ex-girlfriend and how he stole her diary and read it. And and it, it felt like he was trying to confess something in some big way, but it more felt like he was bragging and I just I disliked him like really a lot when I read that section because it was irrelevant to his initial argument, the reality hunger thing, it seemed. Seemed obviously filler to kind of puff up a book that is smaller than a book. And it showed me a, an individual who is an asshole who I don't like. And so it was a weird, it was a weird decision to, to put that stuff in there, but... You know? I might be remembering this wrong, but I think he's got the in that section where he's writing letters, he 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 doesn't tell you who the people he's writing to is. So you sort of get the sense that they're just sort of people who are, uh, you know, other writers who are struggling. And so there's like a sense of kind of shared togetherness. But then like in the letters, it says stuff like, you know, your first book, Motherless Brooklyn, I really loved it <laughs> like that. I don't know. I mean, you can tell actually you can end, you end up being able to identify who the that they're famous. Is. And that they're famous. So it's sort of like almost like a humble brag kind of a thing. And it, yeah, it really work. it, it works against them in terms of, um, I guess, likability. Yeah. All right. Let me hear your aphorisms. Should we go? Should we, I, I've written a few, too. All right. You want to start? I only have two. That's what you okay. I did my homework assignment and uh, I wrote them this morning okay. when I got up before my uh, family woke up and I was still reeling from the night before. I did a literary pub crawl last night, and I read. What do you think of that? That's awesome. What is it? Well, it's uh, when you go to, it's just this thing where they went to a series of bars and had readings at each bar, and you kind of, the whole crowd kind of followed along, and um, I was one of the readers, and um, so it, it was good. Were you ambulatory, or were you stationary at the bar? Ambulatory. We started. So you, went, you went as a group, and then a different person would read in a different bar? Yeah, actually, there would be like four readers at each bar, and the, and it, you know they're short readings, like you you know keep it to under ten minutes kind of thing, and uh, yeah, 
It was awesome. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I wrote two of them. So why don't you start? Because it sounds like you have more than two. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Every non-messy shit is a lie. <laughs> I think you need to go away from the it is a lie. But I do get that, that every... No, there's like totally clean shits, if that makes sense. I, My I friend called them that. angel poos, like where you don't even... You wipe and there's just nothing. It just came right out. And uh, so that's a, that is not a lie. That is a truth. Okay. I, I appreciate the editorial note, though. Okay, ready? Yeah. Uh, mine aren't funny like yours. I just, like, this morning, I just wrote the first things I could think of. And what I was thinking about was how early I was up and how late I went to bed. And so I said, if you're going to wake up early anyway, you might as well not set your alarm. Oh, that's beautiful. Does that count? Is that an aphorism? Yeah, I like it. And I've, I've got one about waking up late, too. Here, listen to this. If a man's desire is to sleep late, then a wait, wait okay. If a if a man's only desire is to sleep in, then that man can be said to have ambition. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And by the way, for man, I just mean mankind. <laughs> you could you could stick lady in there too. Since we're being sexist, we might as well be racist cuz, you know. Oh. Here's this is I didn't write this down, but I just remembered it. It was a bad joke and it's a offensive joke, I'm sure. Cut um, it out, Gabe. But uh, no, we got to keep it. We got to keep it. It's truth. It's reality hunger. Um, it is Confucius say, I think the, the offensiveness is in the accent that you're supposed to do. But Confu and I, so I won't really ham up the, the uh, accent, and maybe that'll make it less offensive, or maybe even just charmingly neat. Um, Confucius say, man who goes to bed with itchy butt wakes up with smelly finger. Good yeah. Lord. What? You don't like it? <laughs> well, I remember it from being a little kid. Yeah, that is the sort of stuff that we said. <laughs> okay. So, do you got another one? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Every ejaculation is a lie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're doing that thing where the same joke, it's like not funny, and then if you do it over and over, that's what's funny, is that you keep persisting. Is that the, the humor theory that you're working on? Every editorial note from Kelly Daniels is a lie. That's all right. That's my last. Lie. I've got. I've got one more. That's not a lie. One doesn't use that structure. Okay, here's mine. My last okay. one. Um, why write a long book if you can get away with writing a short one? Eh? It's kind of pointed, man. Just jab him. Yeah. No, that's that's. And I think that that is the lesson of this podcast. This episode of this podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so what's I don't yours? even want to say my other one. It's stupid compared to that. What are you working on, Kelly? What are you writing? What are you What are you thinking about? What are you teaching? Um, I guess what I'll I I already said it a little bit, but I I'm um I was going to just mention the the Lit Fest. It, last night was a pu literary pub crawl. And, Boring. Uh, I already heard about it. That was fun. But and then today there's a a book fair and reading, and I'm also part of a reading panel. Um, met a couple of uh, writers who invited me to be on their their panel, and uh, it's a good good old literary fun. And so I got more stuff to do after this podcast, and go and be a writer, and even put some books out on a table and see if somebody might want to buy them. So there it goes. Hey, by the way, um, uh, you know I don't live that far from the Quad Cities. If they're having all these literary events, I'm available. They do know that, right? Yeah, you know, I will tell them that you're available. 
Would you want to come? Maybe. Yeah. Not today. I'm busy. I wasn't, uh, I'm not being paid for it or anything, but you know. Oh, they're, but surely they're buying you a beer. <laughs> Probably I'm buying them a beer. I don't know. But no, what about you? What you uh, RWTing? Um, I don't know if I've talked, to, you know, I've talked a little bit about the trouble I've had with the novel. Well, last week I really fully engaged in cutting it down because I started sending it to contests. Yep. And it turns out that um, all the contests, you can't go over 300 pages. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm at 400 pages. So I'm really engaging with, into, it, with cutting, it, cutting 100 pages out of it. Cut the first 100 and just see what happens. Well, I mean, that is it is basically where I'm pulling stuff out is from the first third of the book. That is what's happening. And then you, you sort of have to smooth stuff over because there's a lot of chunks in it. But um, I'm enjoying doing it. And I've, I've never it is true. It's a, it's almost a cliche, but it is true that there is no cut you can make that won't improve something. The, the more you cut out of it, the better. And it's probably true that if you just didn't do anything at all, that would be the best thing entirely. But that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah that it's perfect when it's not written. Just when you think about is it. Is that an aphorism? You're, the perfect book is the unwritten book. Hmm? like it. We're getting good at this, man. This is easy. Every work. time you and I say, I'll see you next week, or half the times we say, I'll see you next week, it's a lie. <laughs> yep. Yep. And here, right. here's to it. I guess we're saying goodbye, and the music goodbye. is starting up, and um, see you guys later. We'll try not to lie to you next time quite so much. I'll see you next week. Special thanks to Augustana College and WOG Student Radio. Gabe Tucker is our audio engineer, and Subatlantic provides the theme music. You can reach Dan and Kelly on Facebook. We always welcome comments, critiques, suggestions, and especially praise. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you like what you hear, do a podcast a solid and leave a review on iTunes. See you next time.